Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Welcome to The Gaggle, an AZ Central podcast where we chat with reporters, experts, and special guests to keep you fully informed on the state's political news. I'm your host, Yvonne Winget Sanchez, and I cover national politics for the Arizona Republic. Ron is off this week, enjoying some much needed vacation time. In today's episode, we're going to talk about evictions in Metro Phoenix. We'll break down what protections there are for people facing evictions and how the COVID-19 pandemic has really strained the relationship between landlords and renters. Joining us today are reporters Catherine Rager and Jessica Baim, who are focusing their reporting on this topic. Thanks so much for being here, ladies. Thank you. Of course. Thanks for having us. When the COVID-19 pandemic really took hold, many employees lost their jobs, others experienced a reduction in hours, and that really made it difficult for people to keep up with their rental payments. Can you kind of give us some background on how the federal government stepped up or stepped in really with the CARES Act back in March and what did that financial stimulus package mean for renters? Um, sure, Yvonne. The CARES Act passed by Congress on March 26 was put in place to provide fast economic help to people hurt by the pandemic. And it stated that landlords with federally backed properties couldn't evict tenants before July 26 for not paying rent. In March, Governor Ducey also signed an executive order for an eviction moratorium that was extended until the end of October. Now, both the CARES Act and the Arizona's eviction moratorium are expired, but struggling renters who can't afford rent because they're hurt by COVID should be protected until January 1st under the CDC's ban. So how are these thousands of renters who are really facing evictions here in Arizona, how can they find out if they were protected at all under the, under the CARES Act? That's a really good question because... It's really difficult for someone to figure out what kind of loan their landlord has on their property, right? Most people wouldn't know where to start with that. Um, but the two biggest providers of federally backed mortgages, Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae, did try to provide tools for people to look up their address to see, is my address protected? Should my landlord not be able to evict me? Uh, they were not always complete lists. It was very hard to look it up. And so oftentimes the only way to know for sure was to go into recorded documents and check the loan status of your apartment, which for your average renter was going to be a really um, burdensome task. What kind of disparities are we seeing between renters? There's a definite big disparity uh, between renters. Right now, about 18% of Black and Hispanic renters in Arizona say they are not able to pay their rent, and that's compared to 7% of white renters. And that's from the latest Census Weekly Household Pulse survey. It's very worrying. 
It is very worrying. And there are people in our communities, obviously, who've been impacted by the pandemic economically, um, who just are going to be out on the street, it sounds like. Can you kind of share what you've heard from some of these people who have been evicted or are facing evictions? I mean, you guys have written quite a quite a bit. I mean, just heart-rendering stories about some of these families. Yeah, Catherine and I have talked to so many people in our community who are really struggling or have already been put out of their housing. Uh, one woman who I spoke to, her name was Luz Ryan. She uh, had lived in a, I would say, middle-income, pretty nice Scottsdale apartment um, and had been there for five years. She worked for a debt relief company. And when the pandemic hit, a lot of her clients weren't paying her uh, because they were facing their own economic struggles. And so she ended up, you know, really falling short on her expected income the first several months of the pandemic. And for a couple months, she was able to use her savings to hold on. But over time, you know, those that ran out. And so she was facing eviction, had to deal with a constable coming to her house. And luckily she was able to show documentation showing that she had lost a substantial amount of income and that she was working with the county to get uh, rental assistance. And the constable decided not to evict her. What we now know, but Luce didn't know then, is that she should have been protected under the CARES Act, which means that her landlord should have never started that proceeding. It never should have gotten to that point, and she never should have been charged late fees. Luckily, she was able to stay in her home, but now she's facing eviction again because... She has caught up on her debt, but um, the apartment complex has come back and said, hey, we've got other um, fees that we didn't charge you over the summer that you're now that are now due water fees and uh, things like that. So, you know, it really once you get into this, it's really hard to get out when it comes to eviction. And I'd imagine just based on on your lady's reporting is that so many other landlords are in the same sort of position, right? They're paying mortgages at the same time that they're trying to collect money from renters. Did these landlords receive any sort of protection through the CARES Act? Yeah, um, great point. I mean, landlords are definitely hurting too, particularly when they're not able to uh, collect rent, but they did have protection under the CARES Act, if they had those federally-backed loans we've been talking about, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, they could skip payments through forbearance plans under the CARES Act. And most of those forbearance plans go till the end of 2020. Um, also, tenants in rentals where um, landlords are able to skip their payments, you know, they have to make them up at the end, they're not supposed to be evicted while the property owners are receiving the federal aid. And we're looking into that as well. It's really confusing and very tough times on both sides. Can you give us a sense of how the landlords reacted and handled these restrictions on evictions? I mean, I imagine it kind of puts them in a real tricky position as well. Yeah, it absolutely does. And I will say, you know, I think it's important to note that most landlords, um, it appears complied with these eviction moratoriums um, because the evictions in Maricopa County decreased uh, between April and July compared to that same time period last year. So we know there was a drop in evictions, which leads us to believe that people realized that there was this moratorium and were complying with it. Um, 
that said, um, you know, with Catherine and I's reporting, we found more than 900 instances where landlords with these federally backed mortgages were trying to evict their tenants. And, you know, landlords have told us that that is because it was very difficult even for them to figure out if they had a federally backed mortgage. Um, and you know, while that may be true, um, if it's difficult for them, just imagine how difficult it is on a renter who has no access to, you know, the loan status on an apartment where they live. Um, the other thing is, is that the CARES Act, even though we, Catherine and I will go on and on about it and how it was supposed to protect people, there was really no penalty. Um, so if a landlord didn't follow it, if someone caught it, I guess they, they could face some scrutiny, but that's only really started now with our reporting and a few other watchdog groups looking into this. Now there's some scrutiny on these, but you know, for a lot of renters, that's too late. There was just no one enforcing what should have been a very helpful protection under the law. So do you guys have a sense of how many renters in either the state or sort of the Metro Phoenix area were illegally evicted and what's happening with their cases? We know we have that 900 case and looking at those, and we've talked to many of those people and there is recourse. People can get help. Um, community legal services and other housing advocates are working to find those renters and try to help them get the um, money back because, you know, it costs the fees they may have paid, the money to cost to move. And um, some may have, have their wages garnished. Also, once you get an eviction on your record, that's on your record for seven years. And when you're struggling anyway and you're trying to find another place to live, it really hurts. So there are remedies through the courts and there's a real move um, to help find. We haven't found any yet that have been, we have a couple in our story that have been able to correct the eviction, but um, we'll be following up on that. So where do these families and individuals, I mean, where where do you go when you lose your apartment or your home? Where do you end up? A lot of times, uh, uh, temporary like hotels, limited service hotels, because you're hoping to have the kitchen, uh, moving in with relatives in very crowded situations. And too many are can't find a place to live and they're homeless. And we're finding that growing population um, there. And so a real concern. And um, one of the people we talked to the story, a woman, she lived her son needed Wi-Fi for school. They moved into a hotel that, you know, they were paying a hundred bucks a night. That was all the money they were bringing in and didn't have a kitchen. So they couldn't, you know, food. And now she's living with um, ex-husband and other relatives, very crowded and is going to have to move from there. But, you know, clearly her eviction um, was not fair and um, community legal services is looking into it to get it overturned. But how does she get help until then, you know? Right. And do you guys have a sense as how many people are grown individuals without children who are being evicted versus families? We found in our reporting, a lot of people are, um, have children. So it's a lot of families and it's, um, even tougher when you talk about some of the national researchers and they say, um, women with children are hit the hardest by evictions and that, um, you know, evictions and poverty, the tie. And once you get an eviction, the spiral into poverty. And when you have children, it's even tougher. So it's um, it's really worrying and it's really um, and it's another inequity in the whole system. 
And I'm guessing when you live in a state like Arizona, which um, isn't all that great when it comes to some of these benefits for families and children and unemployed people, um, especially during a pandemic, it becomes even more difficult. So what's going to happen once the moratorium uh, expires on January 1st for, for these evictions? Do you guys have a sense? New numbers show as many of as 150,000 Arizona families could be evicted um, by the end of January 2021. There are a lot of, you know, we know evictions are down and they're holding off. And what's really tough is they could owe nine months of rent, you know, on January 1st. And we know um, most people don't have that. So uh, big concerns. Housing advocates across the nation, Arizona, are asking Congress to pass you know, looking at this another iteration of the CARES Act, which would uh, the $908 billion deal, but it would only be $25 billion for rental aid. And we know we don't have enough renter aid in Arizona now, but they're also hoping and asking for the moratorium to be extended till the end of March, uh, extended until the end of March. So to give t- uh, more time to help the renters and understand and get more rental aid out to them. We know how much money has been um, signed into law, passed by Congress to help those struggling during the pandemic. How much of this renter aid, though, has actually been doled out or, you know, funneled to the people who need it most by Governor Doug Ducey and others? We had at one point in the summer about $90 statewide. Um, Most of that was in Metro Phoenix. Now about of those amounts, about a 10 million is left. And that research showing 150,000 um, renters could be evicted by the end of January also shows that they owe 178 million. So it's not nearly enough. And um, there was hope from housing advocates that Governor Ducey would put some of the last 400 million into the CARES Act funding towards rental aid. But we know last week that went into state operating budgets for different groups and not housing groups that uh, give the renter aid, and it didn't happen. So these are obviously issues that our state and the nation is going to be dealing with for some time. In the short term, do you have a sense of how these evictions are affecting the housing market or other housing issues in Metro Phoenix? I think it's important to remember that we had an affordable housing crisis prior to the pandemic. We had a severe shortage of housing that people in not only low income, but middle income could afford. We have an undersupply of housing right now, which is driving um, rents up, home prices up. And so this situation with evictions is just going to make it more difficult for people to find housing. Because as Catherine mentioned earlier, once you've got an eviction on your record, that sticks with you for seven years. And a landlord is not going to rent to someone who has an eviction on their record if they have someone else available who doesn't. And right now we have so many people moving into Metro Phoenix and so much competition for housing that there's just not going to be enough housing left for people who to many would believe through no fault of their own fell on hard times during the pandemic. So what I'm incredibly nervous about, I 
have been following homelessness for the last several years and watched it increase pre-pandemic, watched people who had never experienced homelessness before all of a sudden living on the streets, I am finding it hard to believe that I won't see that in much greater numbers come January 1st. And I'm very concerned. What sort of solutions are housing advocates and family advocates um, suggesting as, you know, band-aids or stop gaps in the event that uh, this moratorium does expire and the aid that is needed to sustain these families and these individuals through this pandemic isn't enough? Yeah, I mean, it's the it's the 25 billion that could be in this new stimulus package will help and if they can extend the moratorium till the end of march you know we also have to take care of the landlords because if they don't have forbearance or they own their own properties and they don't have they can't pay for the upkeep and maintenance it's a problem and this is really um unfortunately the workers hit the hardest are the ones who were hit the hardest by the pandemic pandemic with service jobs and um they're the ones in these rentals and the ones who are um, struggling the most. So we need more solutions. So if you're a renter who is struggling to make payments, where can you turn to for support? So right now we still have about $10 million of rental assistance left. It's typically dispersed through um cities like the city of Phoenix or Maricopa County. Um, for smaller cities, they're going directly through the county, but the county's pretty much out. Phoenix is dwindling. Mesa's pretty much out. We're really, um, we've don't got a lot left. And so what I would suggest to renters who may need to get some assistance is that you really need to be talking to your state lawmakers, your city council members, all the way up to congressional members, because it's going to take a lot of politicians um, working together, which we have not seen much of (laughs) even during the pandemic. And if we don't get some of that assistance um, back to the people, like I said, we're going to have just a crisis on our hands. So if you are struggling, I would suggest to get as involved as you can in pushing uh, your government officials to uh, think about you when they think about what comes next with pandemic assistance. Well, Catherine and Jessica, thank you so much for coming on. And listeners, be sure to follow their very crucial reporting by going to azcentral.com and clicking local. And ladies, where can people find you on Twitter? I'm at Catherine with a C, Rager, R-E-A-G-O-R on Twitter. And I am jbame underscore news. And in case you don't know how to spell bame, it is B-O-E-H-M. That's it for today, Gaga listeners. Thanks so much for tuning in. And renters and landlords, if you have questions about rental assistance under the CARES Act, please check out our show notes. And while we still have you, please don't forget to rate and review our show and share it with a friend. If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, I'm at Yvonne Winget. Today's episode was edited and produced by Maritza Dominguez with oversight from Katie O'Connell. Thanks so much for listening to The Gaggle, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. We'll see you next week.